0: about forgetting, forgetting, and uh, we went into some great detail about forgetting sometimes not only, it's, it's an active verb, it's an ongoing verb. It's ongoing. And uh, so, the word forgetting means that there's just a lot of things that we have to, we, we have to put our, out of our memory. It's, it's not amnesia. We don't forget about certain things like amnesia, but we overlay it with good and positive things. But the question came up and so, I'll take about 15 minutes or less. And then because, Gail and I've kind of been dealing with this little whatever it may be. But uh, we're going to deal with stuff that, how to deal with stuff that's already happened to us. And somebody asked me this question. In the last 30-something years of this church, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with stuff? How do you deal with people? Because this gentleman said he took a church for six months, and he was all eager and excited. And uh, it blew up in his face. And I just said, well, what did you expect to happen? I mean, really, what did you expect? I mean, did you expect everything to go easy and good? And and, uh, I wouldn't be a smart duck about it, but I said, you know, the Bible says that we've got to endure hardness like a good soldier. You've got hardships. So in this whole concept that we have been learning how to forget, and the rest of it God leaves us to teach us how to forgive. Because there's a whole lot of things that we have not forgotten. And I think sometimes that God leaves that for us to teach us how to forgive. And this is a hard thing to forgive people. It really is. It, it's crucial. It's brutal, but it's crucial. And for anyone that wants to sit out there and don't, don't insult my intelligence by saying, oh, to forgive someone is easy because it's not. It's not. It's not. Matter of fact, it's one of the hardest things that we could ever do in this life is learn how to forgive someone that has wronged us. And, and so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail this morning, but, but I want you to know, as we brought out last week in Genesis 15, verse 20, Joseph is standing before his brothers and he said this, you meant all this against me for evil, but God, the Phillips translation says, but God has taken your evil intentions and turned it out. For his good. And boy, you talk about maturity. Yeah. Now, so I will tell you, 30 years ago, I had no idea what that's even meant. But now I can tell you. What I mean by that, because some things takes time. Some things takes maturity. Some things, that it just takes a process of, of, of understanding, going through the, the process. And then when we kind of get old, we look back and see the bigger picture. And we can see, really, that God, God even though at the moment it hurt and it stung, And whether it was their fault or my fault or whosoever fault it was, that we sometimes we just can't forget it because God leaves it in our lives to teach us to forgive them. And I will tell you the word forgive in the Greek language is a word called pakra, and it's called the root of all bitterness it's unforgiveness. Pakra was a real plant in the Grecian Empire. Mixed with water, it was poisonous. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, he said, you've got to leave the root of bitterness and unforgiveness out of your life because it will poison you. So there's two things for sure that none of us, that whether it be our fault or other people's fault, things happen to us. But Jesus said, it's impossible for you to go through this life without being offended. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to go through this life and not be offended. Somebody, somehow, is going to hurt you, hurt your feelings, abandon you, forsake you, lie about you, falsely accuse you, it's just going to happen, period. And so we're going to have to deal with it. So the Bible teaches us how to deal with it. So some things we can forget about it, and we found out last week, forgetting means to. It's the process of of, of we get past it and go on, and we do good things to one another. And there's some things that we have to learn to forgive. And I think that He leaves that in our life to teaches us certain principles. So Romans chapter eight verse twenty-eight says this. So we know that all things work together for good to them that love God according to His purpose. Things don't happen to you. Things happen for you. And you've got to get old like me and Ron Bryant to understand that. You've got to get old. The, the music and guitars, the older the guitar is, the more quality of music comes out of it violins, guitars, these things. So things don't happen to us. So we want to say, why did you allow these things to happen to me? Why did you allow these things to happen to me? And really, we understand that these things happen for us. God allows things to happen for us. So you've heard me say a thousand times that you can go to the cabinet and and Cindy, I'm not really a cook, but, but there's if you want to make biscuits, there's flour and baking soda and salt and, and I don't know what else goes in it. But by themselves, they're bitter. But together, work together, they make a wonderful commodity. Things that happen to us along the way, in by itself, is very bitter. It's hard. It's very difficult. Matter of fact, it's hard to swallow. But in the process of God's timing and His purpose, because purpose has a twin, it's called timing. And not only that we have the purpose of God in us, but there's a timing of God in us. And I will tell you from point A to point B, there's a lot of things that can happen in between there, but make no mistake about it, things that happen to us are really happening for us to help us in this preparation of whatever God wants to do in our life to be glorified. So how do we learn to forgive? So we know very simply that learning to forgive others comes about through prayer. Now that sounds religious. But prayer is a word where we get for transferring burdens. Prosuke is a word is to get into the face of God, but the verb of it, it means this, to transfer burdens. We're referred to as the sheep of his pasture, lambs of his flock. And you've heard me say this, that it is it is cruel and brutal to take sheep and put and use them as packed mules. Sheep were never intended to carry burdens. Donkeys and mules are. Turn to somebody and say, never, don't do that. So you, you never go to the Grand Canyon and look down and somebody's got a hundred sheep with all types of packing and, and gear going down the mountain. That doesn't happen. Sheep never was intended to be burdened down. You never was intended to carry these things. You never was designed to carry one ounce of burden in your life. Whether someone did something to you or you did it to yourself, it doesn't matter. You're still carrying around burdens of grief, despair, guilt, shame. You can name them. And we carry these things. And we carry these things. And, and, and we wear a mask and we try, but you were never designed to carry any burdens. Amen. As Peter said, casting all your cares on me because I care for you. Right. So the idea is that these things that's happened to you and things that people has done against you, you still, we still carry them. It's our human nature to carry them, but it's not the nature of God for us to carry them. Right. So prayer is, is the key to get him rid of our burdens. We come to God, and this is what we say through prayer. I can't handle this. And you know what God says? You never was designed to handle this. And we're being honest when when we pray, especially when we don't. I'm talking about a different prayer life than what we pray here at church. Oh, I heard you pray here at church. I mean, when you're driving down the road and your heart is broken, and you say this, this person has done this to me, this person has said this to me, this thing has happened to me, And it hurts and it hurts deep and and I'm very hateful towards this and, and I can't handle it. And God said, you never was able to handle it even on your good days. So just give them to me. Just give me your burdens and don't take them back. And the consequences that's going to unfold in your life that you can't help it. You can't help what other people do. I'll promise you, you cannot control what other people say or do. All you can do is, watch this, is dictate what goes on in your heart and your mind. Because these other people are going to do whatever they want to do. And they may be be hell-bent and heaven-bound, but I'll tell you, they're going to say what they want to say, and they're going to use you like a doormat. And if you're not careful, you're going to carry all these things around your whole life, and you're going to go around beaten down and wounded and depressed. It never was your purpose to carry any burden in life. Now, we, we can have concerns, but not to the point where it weighs us down. So, prayer, in its very simplest form, is saying this, God, I can't handle this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't sign up for this. But I sure enough can't handle it. And I just give it to you. And where the chips fall and whatever happens, I'll never pick it back up. That's why it's referred to, Jesus said, this place was a house of prayer, but you turned to a den of thieves. And I'll explain to you what that means one day, but not today. So it's very that simple. You can't can't untrack what people said. You can't undo what people, you can't hit the rewind button and, and these people that's done something against you or said things against you. So they're left there to teach us to forgive. And I can only tell you after doing this for 30 some odd years, that, and I'm not there yet. But I'm well beyond where I was when I first started. And so here's my little story. It takes about 10 minutes. He's not here, but I wish he was here. In about 1990, Gaila bought me a computer for my Bible software for the church. And even to this day, my grandson, Alex, which is, I think he's three, he's better, he's better at, at computers than I am. Matter of fact, I got a, he always wants to take my phone and watch Elmo. But as soon as I give it to him, he's off into something else. I mean, he's turning buttons, mashing buttons. And so I get a text from somebody, and oh, about six months ago, and this guy says, when would you like to set up your appointment about your new windows inside him? and siding? And I texted back to him, and I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. He said, well, you texted us that you was interested in New Witness and And this is what he said. He said, why did you change your mind so soon? No, I said, I'm not interested. And so then he rebuttals and said, why the change of mind so soon with exclamation points on it? And then I responded and said, well, if, any, if, if it's any of your business, my two-year-old grandson got my cell phone and he downloaded your app. And then he sent back a smiley face. So he's pretty busy on a, on a phone and, and computer apps, but Caleb bought me a computer for Bible study, software, or whatever it was. And this is when the boys were at home. And Jeremy was probably about 14, 15, and Jordan was, I don't know. I don't know how many years there is between them. But they were... Young teenagers, so the, the the computer worked great. The software worked great. I was so proud of it and had some some Bible studies and and had some Greek lexicons in there. And oh, it was great and it worked perfect for about a month. And then when I went to turn it on one day, it was really slow. And then I waited and waited, and I thought it was the the old internet or. And then about a week later, it started getting real slower, and then it wouldn't come on. And after about two months of that, it just shut down. And so I told Gail, I said, well, this is a piece of junk. I mean, I don't know where you got this bag of bolts, but you ought to send it back. So I called the people. And I said, I want my money back. This is junk. And they said, well, bring it to us. I said, no, I'm not going to bring it to you. I just want my money back. So one day, JJ was at church on Wednesday night, and I said, he did the computers for Exxon. He said, I said, can you come by and look at my computer before I send it back? He goes, absolutely. So he come one afternoon after work. He had his jacket on him. And I said, Do you need anything, brother? He said, Oh, no, this won't take long. I said, He said, What's it doing? I said, Well, it's locking up. He said, oh, It won't take me but a second. So he sets down this chair and he turns it on. And he said, He goes, I thought he was, I thought he was warming up the scene because he kept going, hmm, hmm. He kept humming, you know. And so he he opened that thing up and he said, hmm. And I said, what is it? He said, don't bother me, brother. I said, all right. So then he took off his jacket. I said, are you all right? He goes, oh, I'm fine. So he started diving off into this thing. Then he took off his heavy shirt. Then he wanted a fan. Then he wanted a glass of water. Then he wanted some chips and sauce. I said, can you not fix my computer? And he got off into that thing. And this is what he said. He said, here's the problem. I said, what is it? He said, it's got too much stuff in it. And I said, well, what kind of stuff? And he pulled up hundreds of files, everything from how to build your own nuclear submarine to how to bake a cake in Spanish. And he said, brother, he said, somebody is getting on this computer and downloading all this stuff. And so first thing I did was I looked at Jeremy. And first thing Jeremy did, looked at Jordan. And and this is what he said. He said, do you want to forgive it? And I said, do what? He said, do you want to delete this stuff? And I said, I do. And one by one, he started deleting SimCity and all this other stuff, one file after the other, and took him 30 minutes, and one by one, he deleted all this stuff in my computer that was not pertinent or necessary for me. And when she got it all out, it worked perfect. You see, the the, deal, what happens is this. In our life, what gives us, God gives us to begin with, is something that's good and profitable. And before long, people start downloading stuff in our heart and mind that causes us to go slow, spit and sputter, until finally we wake up one day and we just say, it's not worth it. Here's the answer forgive it. No person is worth you losing your mind, emotions, and personal well-being over. Just hit the delete button and forgive them. Just let them go. And I'm not telling you right now that everything on that computer was bad because it wasn't bad. It was just something that was not relevant to what I needed. I'm not telling you that everything that happens in your life is here to hurt you and harm you. And some things probably is, but there's a lot of things that comes our way that people deposit in us words, actions, unkind gestures that we keep in our heart and our mind. And then bitterness sets in, and all these things sets in, and then before we know it, we start shutting down. And before you get to that point, here's a simple answer. Just forgive it. Hit the delete button, let it go. You'll be better off. When that red light on your, on your dash of your engine starts flashing, you'd be best to pull over. It'd be best for you and everybody else in the car, you'd pull over. And when he left there, and sure enough, when he left there, he just deleted everything in that computer that wasn't necessary in my life. And lo and behold, the next morning, I turned it up and it fired up and it's worked perfect since. So in forgiving, God leaves certain things in our life for us to He's teaching us how to forgive them. I didn't say it'd be easy. I'm just telling you, it's well worth it to you to learn this lesson. Because if you don't, if you don't, it's going to kill you. If you don't, it'll poison you. And I'll tell you this morning, there's three things about forgiveness. Number one is you've got to learn to accept God's forgiveness. Number two, you've got to forgive someone who's offended you. And number three, you've got to learn to forgive yourself. So when we talk about forgiveness, that you've heard me say this before, but so, so what? A next door neighbor hurt your feelings, you, and, and so. But we're talking about we're, we're talking about things that absolutely, there's people in here that absolutely has had their life turned upside down at the hands of either a cold blooded killer. That killed this boy's mama when he was a teenager? I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, some of you can't forgive somebody because they gave you a dirty look. Some of you are gonna be mad at me because I said wake up. I mean, I don't care. Who cares? I mean, this guy's had his mother's murder when he's fourteen years old. I mean, what do you do with that in your whole life? Where do you put that at? What compartment can you stick that in? I don't know. Mike Spells had a young teenage boy that was just an innocent passenger and in another boy's behind the wheel and going to school one day, had a car wreck, took his life. I mean, what, what do you do with that? I mean, I know we may say, well, it's not his fault, or I understand. I'm, I mean, but my goodness, but when we think that how devastating these men and some of you others have. Have loved ones snuffed out through car wrecks and disease at the hands of someone else? I mean, What do we do with that? And here's the answer. There's nothing we can do. We can either harbor feelings and be angry and allow it to to poison us or Darren and Mike, we can just go to prayer and say, God, I gave it to you. I can't deal with it. I can't do it. I can't deal with it. It's too big for me. I walk away from it. But I refuse to allow other people's actions to destroy my life. So here's, here's, here's the information this morning. Of all the things that maybe we're going through right now, the things that you've experienced right now, that you may say, well, how come I just can't forget that? God said, I left that in your life to teach you how to forgive. And God, I can't forgive them. And I understand what you're saying, but I will tell you that. But repentance and forgiveness goes hand in hand. So this is what I will tell you, Darren, this is the reason why you're making steps forward. And Mike, this is the reason why you're being blessed to make steps forward you just hit the delete buttons and said i can't i can't unrung the bell i can't retract them all i can do is give it to god and i will say this 100 percent: that somewhere down the road, i'm sure mike someone has said how do you deal with this through the years and he has probably said the same thing i just gave it to god So this morning, there's some things we can't forget. We just gotta learn to forgive. So let's accept God's forgiveness. And let's forgive someone who's hurt us. And let's forgive ourselves. That's the biggest one, and that's the hardest one. 2,000 years Father Jesus set upon a cross in the immortal words that he said before he took his last breath he just says forgive them because they don't know what they're doing everything that they were doing against him was really god's plan for grace and salvation what they thought was evil turned out to be god's design the cross So Father, this morning, we pray for this church. We pray for those that have been hurt and wounded and for those that have been lied to and accused and those that have been the recipient of someone else's actions or words that's caused not only physical death but emotional breakdown. We pray for these men and women of God. And we lift them up in our in our prayers. We just transfer these burdens to you, and Father, I don't know how these men have done it through the years. I don't know how men and women have gone through pains and hurts. Outside, I've just given it to you. Teach us to forgive. That we will not be poisoned by unforgiveness. That I won't poison the wells of my children and my family and my wife and my church. I've got to learn. To hit the delete button and let it go. Because I want to know that the strength that there is in your joy. I want to experience the laughter of your presence. And so, Father, this morning we're going to forgive as we move on and follow you, pursue you with all of our heart. We can't take back the unkind words, can't take back the unkind gestures. We cannot relive the past. All we can do is delete these things from the files of our heart and our mind that we can make wonderful progress forward. In Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I told you about last February, there's a shift that has happened I told you right when this virus broke out within a day or two that in the spirit realm a shift has occurred. And I told you in one of the sermons that there's going to be a great scattering among the people of God even within this church and boy those prophecies have come true. And so I will tell you this morning that this is what we need to really focus and zero in on is getting our prayer life back, getting it right. Transferring our burdens and our cares to God. Because if ever America needs men and women of God to be men and women of God, to be true and holy and righteous, it's today. Ezekiel said that I I sought for a man to stand in the gap and make up the hedge that I would not destroy the land, but I could not find one. So my words to us this morning that even though there's a lot of things that are going around about us, let us, through prayer, let us transfer our burdens and our cares and our misfortunes and all these things that we cannot change. Let's cast them to God. Let's leave them at this altar this morning and let's be changed and go out and change a world that needs to know Jesus. And for whatever the future holds for us, that that we know that God holds our future. For every divorce you've experienced, for every death that you've ever experienced, for every hateful word that you've ever experienced, at the moment it was bitter by itself. But you're going to find out through the years God is working something good. Through those acts of hate and hurtfulness. And it may take you 30 years to get to that point, but you'll look back. And you'll say, God, I can see at the moment that it was very painful and was very hurtful. But through the years, it taught me to trust you in a way that I've never had experienced before in my life. Because someone's going to knock on your door somewhere, and they're going to ask you this question. How did you ever deal with it? Because I'm dealing with myself. And it's going to give you the opportunity to say, I just gave it to God. So that's where we leave it this morning, in Jesus' name. Let's stand this morning. You've been hurt. You've been lied to. You've been accused falsely. You've been shamed. Someone has taken something that was very precious to you. And for that, from my heart, I'm very sorry. But I will tell you one thing that, that we cannot allow unforgiveness to cripple us and poison us the rest of our life let's give it to God this morning as we celebrate Holy Communion it's just going to be an opportunity we just give it to God this morning I'm going to give it to you I can't deal with it I just want to give it to you and for the first time in a long time you're going to feel like what it's like to be a free man and a free woman Jesus sat with his disciples and he took the bread and the cup and he said for 1500 years you've been celebrating this in this, this ordinance but not in this way this unleavened bread which represents the sinless life with this bread without leaven now represents my body I am the bread of life he said as often as you take this bread remember me Remembering Christ is a great component in forgetting the past. And then when he took the cup, he lifted it up and he said, this this cup now represents the forgiveness, the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Isn't it amazing that as we remember what Christ has done for us, it helps us to forgive what others has done for us and to us. Father, bless this cup bless this bread, and for every one of us that we have made it our goal to live for you. Give us the courage and the strength today. In Jesus' name, amen.